On today's episode, you'll hear from an expert on interviewing experts. Our own Jamie Tokars, who's a content strategist at True Marketing, is an expert at interviewing subject matter experts in order to write heady technical pieces. She's going to share her methodology for how to prepare subject matter experts, get the most out of those sourcing sessions, and limit their time needed for reviews. We'll also talk about how AI can be a helpful writing buddy as part of this process. Let's do this. Welcome to Content Marketing Engineered, your source for building trust and generating demand with technical content. Here is your host, Wendy Covey. Hi, and welcome to Content Marketing Engineered. On each episode, I'll break down an industry trend, challenge, or best practice in reaching technical audiences. You'll meet colleagues, friends, and clients of mine who will stop by to share their stories. And I hope that you leave each episode feeling inspired and ready to take action. Before we jump in, I'd like to give a brief shout out to my agency, True Marketing. True is a full service agency located in beautiful Austin, Texas, serving highly technical companies. For more information, visit truemarketing.com. And now on with our podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Content Marketing Engineered. I'm joined today by True Marketing's own Jamie Tokars. Jamie is a content strategist and an expert in working with technical subject matter experts to uh, take their knowledge and turn that into wonderful pieces of content. So thank you so much for being here today, Jamie. Thanks for having me. I am excited to get in your head. I know a lot of the people listening and watching have a lot of the same issues that you've run into when it comes to gaining access to and time from subject matter experts and then how to turn those sourcing, sourcing sessions into actual great pieces of content. So mm -hmm. um, I think that your experience is going to be very helpful. Uh, oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, I, I like to start with just a bit about your background. Um, like many technical writers, you didn't go to school for engineering. So um, one, what, what did you go to school for? How long have you been doing this? And how do you translate your experience into gaining trust with a subject matter expert? Yeah. So I went to school for, I did my undergrad in um, public relations and journalism. And I really, that's when I discovered how much I loved to write that, you know, those are two very writing intensive majors. And then I actually went to grad school at the University of Texas at Austin for, I got my master's in advertising. So I had a lot of different marketing aspects that I really liked. And when I was there, I, at UT, I got an internship where at National Instruments, and that was my first exposure to like the technical world. And I realized I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the challenge of like, just trying to understand these things I really had never thought about before, like the aspects of just how things work, like the tool, you know, the technology that goes into different things and how it works. And as I thought about it more, I was like, this is so much more exciting to me versus like, I did a lot of, let's say like sports writing when I was in college uh, for our newspaper. And, you know, even though every game is different, it's kind of the same formula for every article. Whereas when you get into the technical side of things, it's, everything's just so different and there's always so much to learn. So that's kind of how I first got my exposure to technical writing and I just really liked it. And I've been doing it now for about um, 
16, 17 years. And eight of those years have been with True Marketing. Yay. I can't believe it's been eight years already. <laughs> wow. Do yeah. you remember your very first technical piece that you had to write back in your NI days? Do you remember what it was on? I'm just curious. I do, it was, I know it was a news release. I don't remember the exact, I, know, I think it was some type of P, PXI product. And I remember thinking, wow, I need to like learn what PXI is before I even talk to my subject matter expert and have that background because they're going to expect me to know all of these things that they do every single day when I had no knowledge of it. So I remember, you know, prepping for that took a long time. <laughs> So I take it that's a hint towards how to gain trust when yes. you're working with an SME, huh? Yes, definitely. And I think that's kind of the number one thing is going into, and I know this applies to any type of writing, but going into the conversation with like a just solid understanding of the topic beforehand, um, I'd say it's even more important than technical writing than other subjects, just because there's a lot to learn, like things like just knowing the common acronyms that are used within an industry or application space is going to help you have a way better working dynamic with that SME just right off the bat. Um, and then, you know, if there's a product involved, knowing like kind of how they spec a product, um, you don't have to know all the specifications, of course, that's what the SME is going to talk about. But just having that level of familiarity is really going to help just have a smooth conversation and gain trust uh, with the SME. So you don't have to know everything about the topic. I mean, especially as a non-engineer talking to an engineer, um, that's going to be really difficult. You're going to need their expertise, but it's good to also know enough to know what you don't know. And I think that's really important because that's going to help frame your whole conversation. And I think something I learned early in my career was to not be afraid of asking questions or further clarification when you're talking to an SME, if you don't know something. I think I was embarrassed at first, like especially if it seemed like something I probably should know. And then I quickly realized that it's way better to ask those questions up front than mm -hmm. as you're writing the piece and you know, you're sitting there Googling things and you see an acronym that has 10 different meanings. It's just way better to ask those questions up front and, you know, not be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. And I could see, I, 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 I can, I feel that from my early days in technology of, oh, should I ask this? Is this a dumb question? And, uh, yeah. but being so glad to get that clarification, uh, yeah. you mentioned specs and, um, you know, I find that interesting because like you said, you don't need to know all the specs, but perhaps what types of specs are important for this family of product, right? Is yes. it, I, I think of the days of frequency and resolution and, you know, what is the family of spec that's important in that product? Something like that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's Example absolutely right. Yep. Um, and knowing like how that tool, like if you're talking about a specific tool, how it might be used mm -hmm. and, you know, again, you don't have to know everything about it, but just having that basic understanding. Yeah. So when, um, say you've been assigned, I don't know, a white paper case study or wh whatever that technical piece is, how long is a typical sourcing session? Yeah, so that'll vary depending on the type of content. It's going to usually be anywhere from a half hour to an hour. Uh, sometimes if it's really in-depth, you might go over an hour, but usually that hour is that maximum um, 
for the sourcing session itself. Okay. And you're trying to be as protective as possible with that person's time because right their their normal job isn't content creation. So right. I'm sure they consider this, I'm doing you a favor marketing or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes well, the attitudes I, differ, right? Yeah. And I think that there's a a way to like help with that perspective um, mm-hmm. beforehand is really setting the expectations going into a sourcing session. So, you know, it's not, it's not a good idea to go into the sourcing session and then explain what you're doing. It's nice to take the time up front, maybe it usually in an email. And when you kick off the project and let the SME know, Hey, here's the business goal. The reason that we're doing this piece of content biz for the business and how it's going to help you in your role. And then also like setting the expectations of the piece of content. So what's the purpose of it? What's the intended audience? What's the primary message? And even what are the next steps that you'd want someone to take after reading that content? And if possible, sending examples of prior content, like if it's a blog post or a white paper, like this is not necessarily the topic we'll cover, but what the end goal is of this piece of content. And I think that helps mitigate that, you know, problem that sometimes we run into as writers. Yeah, that this isn't really part of my job and I'm just doing you a favor, but showing them how it's valuable to their role and the business as a whole is helpful. And providing that context and that, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, this is going to be a contributed article in this publication or whatever that is. So they understand where it will be published and how it might be used. I could see that. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's so many different types of content out there. Uh, how do you, do you prepare differently for one piece of content to the next? I think that that has to, a lot to do with the setting the expectations with the SME too, because like a blog, you know, is much shorter than a white paper. Um, a case study though, you know, it's kind of the length is in between, but there's different things you need to know as far as like the familiarity with the customer and, you know, permission from the customer, I guess is another one too. So I like to explain in that same email, especially if I can send over an example, hey, here's the type of content, here's the rough uh, word count, and also here's the expectation on how much time it will take for you. So here it's here's the sourcing session. Here's like how long it'll take for you to review this type of piece of content. So getting in the right frame of mind because you need to walk away from that conversation with the level of detail that you need, depending on the type of piece you're writing. So you know a white paper will have a lot more detail than a blog post would. Um, But I think another important aspect of that, too, is during that conversation, oftentimes, you know, you're talking with an SME and you end up with maybe more information than you can include in a single blog post. And it's it's good to be thinking about other uses, other types of content that might be able to come from that sourcing session and, you know, then say, hey, you mentioned this example when we were talking about this blog is that a customer maybe we could write a case study with? So I think it's good to have that in mind too. Great. I bet that happens often that um, the conversation gets exciting, the SME gets into it. And before you know it, you have maybe 
some tangents, but 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 good ones, right? Yes. Ones that that could be used uh, for a content marketer. Yeah, definitely. Good, good. Well, um, you know, trade shows are back. People are traveling a lot. I imagine that uh, as opposed to COVID times, it can be more difficult to pin down an SME and get on their schedule because they're pulled in so many directions. So what does a writer do then? Yeah. So if it's tough to get in touch with the SME, I think if you had asked me this question even a year ago, my answer would be really different. I think one thing that has really changed in that time, in addition to, yeah, trade shows coming back and people having to split their time even more, is the um, proliferation of like generative AI and large language models. So I think now a good starting point, and this goes not just for like if I don't have an SME, this actually is helpful for prepping for an SME sourcing session, is to leverage those tools in a way that you can, you know, use them to start forming questions about a topic. Um, That would be if you have an SME to talk to. If you don't, I think something really great about some of the new AI tools that are coming out is that you can leverage those tools to really almost have a conversation with the, the tool about the topic. Now, I don't mean just like blindly putting something into a chatbot and then using that response as a piece of content, because you're not going to, you're not going to get what you're looking for. That's going to be just something really generic, kind of a compilation of information that's already out there. But there are some tools coming out now that they generate the, they generate the answers and give you the sources. So you can really go more in depth. And that's like, kind of the second best thing, right, to having a conversation with the SME is, oh, here's the sources where this information came from. Now I can really start exploring this topic in depth a little bit more. Boy, I I think that's so important to have those sources. So important. And I know, I think you and Morgan uh, just did your podcast recap on going to Macon. And so I think that's a good one to listen to to get more details on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I I just uh, can't believe that, you know, we have this made up information, right. That comes out of some of these LLMs and, and so the importance of fact checking and knowing the sources uh, couldn't, couldn't be higher for this technical audience. Um, so I'm curious, is there a particular tool or tools that you go to where you can find these sources? Well, at this very moment, and it is, uh, I have a, had really good experience with using BARD from Google, even though that's in the test phase, and uh, perplexity.io are two that are kind of more like a, here's, they cite their sources, it's more of like a, here's more information that you can look into as well. It's kind of like performing a more targeted Google search, even when you're using those tools. Uh, And I I just, I know that that's always rapidly evolving. So I am sure that'll change in the future too, as more thing tools are released. Yeah. I was playing with perplexity this week and really like that hybrid approach where you have the chat piece of it, but then these sources and you could sort of choose your adventure based on what your goals were rather than have it be, it's either this way or or the other. So that's a good way to phrase it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. So you've done your interview. Uh, you've collected information for the subject matter expert. Um, and you, now you're writing 
And then what happens next? Uh, reviews, drafts? Where are you? Yeah. Well, on the writing process a little bit, uh, just to talk about that a little bit more, because I think yeah. that's something that is further evolving as AI tools are further evolving. So like late last year when ChatGPT was like first released to the masses, it seemed like there was going to be this rush to just and there kind of was at first to just generate as much content as possible on a topic. But Google obviously quickly figured that out um, and has changed their search algorithms to account for that. So that's not what we should be doing. But I do think there is a lot of value in smartly and strategically leveraging AI tools in the development process. Because if we if we think about the... Um, the content development process as like a five-step process where we have like ideation, ideation, research, development, um, which is composition, sorry, editing and distribution. There is a lot of time, you know, we would say the bulk of our time as writers is spent on that composition. I think that's one thing that AI tools is helping change is it's allowing us to spend more time on like the strategy forward part and helping us take away that time a little bit from the composition part. Um, also helping us with the distribution part as well. So I think we're getting content that is, you know, more focused and that we can use more broadly um, with the, the proper use of AI tools. And so kind of an example of that is, you know, if you record your sourcing session, which I do recommend because, you know, sometimes it's when you're taking notes, it's hard to get everything down. And, you know, it also helps you focus on the what the SME is saying a little bit more. If you record the sourcing session, put that into like a transcription tool and then run your transcription tool through an AI tool and say, hey, summarize this. Give me kind of the three key points that gives a really good starting point for now your outline. And you've saved a bunch of time and it's just, it's helping you work a little more smartly, strategically. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can still bring in your quotes and your notes, but you have a framework from which to, to start and plug things in. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good advice. Um, so once your piece is drafted, um, I'm sure then there's an iterative process with your subject matter expert, again, trying to be somewhat protective of their time, but obviously yeah. needing that critical review. So tell me about that process. Yeah. So I think that having a productive review process, uh, it really starts with the quality of the first draft that you deliver. So if you deliver a piece that has like comments and notes all over it, it's going to be really difficult for the SME to review that. Their attention is going to be split all over the place. So I think that using comments like in Word or Google Docs is important like to gain clarity on something. But, you know, I sometimes see pieces that it's like every paragraph has a note about what it's for or, you know, something like that. I think it's good to deliver that nice, clean piece, use comments like when you need clarity. And that's kind of the start to getting the SME to, you know, have like targeted, a targeted um, piece that they're reviewing rather than, you know, questions all over the place. If you find yourself with that many questions, it's probably better to just schedule a quick, you know, 15 or 30 minutes with the SME for more clarification. But I also think, you know, I mentioned before kind of setting the expectations up front of the time it'll take for the SME 
And I, I like to do that with the review process too, because especially with longer pieces like a white paper, it's kind of funny how often, you know, you, they, if I tell them just block like an hour or two, depending on the length. And they're like, wow, I thought that would take me like four to six hours. So if they kind of know beforehand what to expect, I, I honestly think it's less time commitment than they were initially thinking. Yeah. So that's helpful too with the review process. Great. And makes them more willing to do this all over again. If you can keep their time to one yeah. and a half to two hours. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say too, I think we often run into um, times when there's multiple reviewers on a, on a piece. And I think that it's really critical to set expectations up front and discuss how you want that review process to work. Mm -hmm. Because what, what you don't want is, you know, four reviewers sending you back documents and then you have to converge all the feedback and maybe you have conflicting feedback. Maybe. What I, find, I bet yeah, often. That yeah. <laughs> what I find is best is, you know, having the discussion up front, like, do you want to do this in a shared document like Google Drive or SharePoint and have everybody contribute to the same document? Or would you prefer we get on a call and talk through feedback? You know, there's still options for what's going to work best for the SMEs and reviewers. But yeah, you do want to, you know, uh, avoid that instance of four documents coming back for you and you have all this conflicting feedback. Fair, fair. What about if the piece of content is going to be uh, designed, let's say, um, into a web page or into a brochure or something like that? Is it a best practice to do all of this review in like a Word doc or something that's not designed to keep that distraction out? Or would you rather have, okay, they need to understand how the design you know, shows this information because of sidebars and call outs and, and that stuff? Yeah, so what's best is to do your first version in a Word document, um, but also have notes in there about like, okay, this section is this many words, or we have this much space to work with. So mm -hmm. it also shows like, hey, we can't add a whole nother paragraph here because of the design. So it's best to, yeah, avoid that distraction of the design in the first review. And then unless there is, you know, a lot that needs to be rewritten, I do like to do the second review in the layout. So whether that's the web page or the designed PDF for the brochure, and then they get a chance to, this is what the content looks like in the design. And hopefully only small edit edits are happening at that point. Yeah. Great, great advice. Good. Well, Jamie, uh, so if someone's listening and they're like, oh, there's a lot to this. It's intimidating, you know, working when I'm not an engineer, working with these technical people, What's some parting advice you have for them of, of just how to get over that hump? Well, I would say that it's, you know, the SMEs are also just, you know, people that want to do a good job too. And so I think it's really that setting the expectations up front um, that's really going to help with just making the whole process smooth and, you know, not being afraid to especially at the beginning, just ask for further clarification and not being intimidated because everyone, especially once they understand what the piece of content, what the purpose is, they they want this to be a great piece and they're going to be willing to work with you and provide you the information you need. 
Excellent. Excellent advice. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for your time today. You are one of our star writers. All your clients love your work. So I know that this is a process that absolutely works again and again. So I appreciate you sharing that today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining me today on Content Marketing Engineered. For show notes, including links to resources, visit truemarketing.com slash podcast. While there, you can subscribe to our blog and our newsletter and order a copy of my book, Content Marketing Engineered. Also, I would love your reviews on this podcast. So please, when you get a chance, subscribe and leave me your review on your favorite podcast subscription platform. Thanks and have a great day.